We bless you in the name of Christ this morning. Grateful to be here and share this time with you. And I don't think we need to apologize for having two songs. We uh, Singing is a, a very real part of worship. And we do have so much to be thankful for as we look at what we have here around us and it uh, makes us wonder why God is so gracious to us and we look at our Christian friends in other parts of the world and they're struggling, being killed for their faith, different things that we don't know about. And so how are we prepared for our lives? And I'll have to uh, confess to you this morning that I did not look at the Sunday school lesson. I was consumed with looking at my sermon that I felt God wanted me to talk about. And we're going to talk about faith some more. Growing our faith, our foundation of faith. Um, I decided to stay on course in Sunday school class. I was considering pulling one of the other sermons out of my Bible, but I decided not to. I believe faith is a very important part of our lives, and we need to continue to build on the foundation that God has given us, and we need to use the time that we have to build that most holy faith. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again in, with the yoke of bondage. There is a freedom that we have in learning to know God that the world absolutely doesn't understand. And they wonder why we enjoy this, what they might call a boring life why we're not interested in all the, the things that the world has to offer. And I guess the question to me or to you is, do we ever have a hint of uh, questioning what God has set forth in his word, his promises that he's given to us? Do we look at the world and in the least think about a little bit of compromise? A little bit of, well, we'll look at a, a different things in Scripture and think about that compromise. Proverbs reminds us, 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I believe those doubts, those hindrances in our life begin in our heart. It begins in, in maybe wavering in our faith a bit. And I would like to look at the, the life of Abraham, look at somebody that has challenged us uh, to consider where we might be with God in our walk of life. 
you can turn to uh, Genesis chapter 11. We'll begin here by looking at a little bit of his life. Beginning in verse 27 here, it talks about the generations of, of uh, Abraham and a bit about him and his father and his family. Verse 27, now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abraham, Nahar, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abraham and Nahar took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahar's wife, Malachah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Malachan, and the father of Iscah. But Sarah was barren, she had no child, and Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Abraham was living among pagan people when God found him. He was living in Ur, the Chaldeans, sitting near the, the present uh, Nazarene, south of Baghdad in Iraq. For an unstated reason here, it says that um, Abram's dad picked up the family, including Abraham's wife, who mentions that she was barren. I think that uh, bears a bit of history there that we can think about, and started toward Canaan. When they reached Haran, which was also a city, uh, that's close to the border of Syria in the modern-day Turkey. They stopped there, and it says they lived there. It seems like they stayed there for a while. They lived there, and that's where uh, Terah would have died. And then if we go to chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of the country from thy kindred, and from thy father's house into the land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls of them that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and to the land of Canaan they came. <clears throat> 
The first thing that I noticed here, and I thought about it in Sunday school class, you know, Abraham didn't have a Sunday school class to sit and talk about faith. At least I don't think he probably did. I don't know how much he would have talked to somebody, but we sit here in Sunday school and we decide what faith really is, how faith really works, how faith really helps us, and we have each other to help along. God came to Abraham and he said, I want you to, to move out from your family, from everything you have, move out from your kin, your home, uh, and I want you, I want to bless you in a special way. Now we find that Abraham departed. He, he decided to go. He didn't make any effort to stay. It doesn't appear. Um, Abraham was ready to move out in God's uh, word that he gave to him. He was ready to leave his kin leave everything behind and he made God made promises to Abraham that he will bless him if he does this I will make of thee a great nation I will bless thee I will make that name great and thou shalt be a blessing to other people um, he also said he would bless those that bless him and curse those who would curse him and so as we see Abraham moving out, he moved in faith. He, he, he didn't question God. And after a series, series of travels and trials, and we could look at a lot of those, and I'm not going to this morning, uh, God promised Abraham, I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth. That's in... Uh, Chapter 13, 16, God also told him, your reward shall be very great. And in chapter 15 and verse 1, Abraham questions the Lord. And he says, uh, what will you give me for I continue to be childless? After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he shall come forth out of thine own bowels, shall be there thine heir. And he took him out, and he brought him forth, and said, Look now unto heaven, and tell the stars, if thou wilt be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. So he promised Abraham that he would give him a child. And as we go through this chapter a bit, um, we find that Abraham believed God and it was counted for his righteousness. In six, it says, and he believed the Lord and it, he counted it to him for righteousness. There's a, 
a very strong thing in faith, uh, we must believe. First of all, we must see the word of God. And it was counted to him. He heard the word of God. God came to him and he told him, you do these things and I will bless you. He promised him a lot of things. And so it was counted for him for righteousness that he obeyed God, went forward and uh, accepted what God said. It was not so much maybe the obedience that he had in doing that. It was that also, but it came from a sincere affirmation in his heart and acceptance that God can and will do what he says, what he promises. Uh, that word also sometimes is rendered credited or reckoned. The righteous is not from works of obedience, but from believing, uh, from faith and trust in God. In chapter 15 here in verse 17, uh, God had told him to make a sacrifice as a as a offering to God and God was letting him know that he accepts him there and it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark behold a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces the offering that he had made in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt and to the great river of Euphrates uh, and then it goes on to say of all the people that he was going to give to him. These were the promises that God made to Abraham and he believed them uh, and he moved forward. And now as we look back on all the promises that God made to Israel or to Abraham, I should say, we can see that many of those were were fulfilled. We look at them and and. Truly, God was righteous. He, he did what he said he would do. And so then going to Romans, if you want to turn to Romans chapter 4, um, Paul talks a lot about, he uses this whole chapter to talk about Abraham. I'd like to look at some of those things and how He's explaining here the difference between believing by faith versus working to be accepted by God. Uh, beginning in verse 20 here. Let's see, I'm in the wrong. Here it says that about Abraham. a lot of things that he was struggling with. But then it says, verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform, and therefore it was imputed for him righteousness. Paul goes on to talk about in verse 23. Um, gotta find my place. 
It says, now it is written for his sake, not for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. I am told that we have over 3,000 promises in Scripture that God has made to us. And I think about Abraham and all the things that were against him that we could have talked about, even his son, taking his son and slaying him after he did actually have a son, uh, I believe he would have. I believe he was ready to do that. He believed God. And Hebrews tells us that Abraham considered it and he knew that God could even raise him from the dead. So I believe he, he believed God and he was he was going to kill his son and then God stopped him as we know as I think about all the promises that God has given us how do we do with our faith in believing them as I think about faith and believing what God has said to us there's many many things in scriptures there's there's warnings and there's also promises Often there's a warning with a promise. And so how do we do with that? Believing is an action word. I believe it will cause us to move. And I think that's what Abraham was feeling too. He heard the word of God. He felt it. And he knew that God was righteous. He was going to do what he was. And he believed it. And so he moved with those things that God called him to. And as we look at scripture and we read the promises, we read the commandments, we read whatever, um, do we really believe it? I believe it will move us to do that. Acts 16.21, as Paul and Silas were there with the jailer that night, and there was an earthquake. The jailer asked, what shall I do to be saved? And he said, they told him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Um, he believed and he moved on that. How do we, Do we really believe what God has said? 1 John 3.23 says, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son of Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. He that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him and he in him. And thereby, hereby, we know that we, he abides, abideth in us by the spirit which he gave us. When God gives us his word, when he gives us his commandments, do we move on those commandments? Do we continue to do his commandments? This is the way that we know that God dwells, dwells in us. If we keep his commands, hereby we know that he will abide with us by his spirit. 
When we abide in Christ, when we move at his commandments, when we do the things that we believe God is calling us to, then his spirit will um, speak to our spirit back and forth that we know we are right with God. And the question for me and for you is, do we stagger at the word of God? Do we sometimes question the word of God? As we look among ourselves and we talk about it a little bit and to what we consider conservative Mennonite churches, uh, sometimes things don't stack up for what they say they want to do. Do they stagger at the word of God? Do they begin to not believe it? Is their faith growing slack? Many are not biblical anymore. Many are doing things that that doesn't agree with scripture. As I look at many of my friends that I grew up with, um, I have to say, are they staggering at the word of God? Abraham didn't stagger. Even when he was called to kill his son, he, he moved forward and he didn't allow that to keep him from doing what God wanted him to do. I believe we can look at people around us, churches around us that are staggering at the word of God. Think with me a bit, and it was commented just a little bit in Sunday school in the Garden of Eden. Satan did not tempt Adam and Eve to murder. He did not tempt them to to lie or to steal. What did he tempt them with? to question the word of God. Did God really say that? And I think that's what we're dealing with today uh, is we are beginning to doubt the word of God. The problem is many times we don't come back to the word of God to verify what we believe. We don't come back to the word of God and say, what has God really said? Often it's what people believe in themselves, what preachers preach, what people say. They don't come back to the scripture and say, well, this is really what it says, and I will believe this because this is what God said. Many times they would say, um, well, it doesn't fit our society. That's not what society thinks about today. It's not um, the way society looks at it. There's things that we can look at and, you know, doubt the word of God, as Satan said to Eve. He said, you will not surely die, but your eyes will be opened. Open to what? What Satan did is planted a doubt, a seed in the mind of Eve, Adam and Eve. And that seed conceived and it grew and it became stronger and it had a bitter end to it. And so Satan is attacking the church today 
in many different ways, in subtle ways, and many some are not so subtle. And yet, we justified the things, or they are justified, because it doesn't fit our culture today, or that's not practical, that's not the way that, that people look, our generation looks at different things. But as we look at the Word of God and we, we measure our lives and our faith uh, according to Scripture, then we must say it's practical for every generation. It doesn't become unpractical for certain generations or as we continue it is practical for every generation and we can depend on the word of God to be right and true and faithful. What do we do with the word of God? 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. Commitment to God brings many promises. As we look at scripture, he has a lot of promises for us, and I won't look at many of the 3,000 that might be there, but I want to look at a couple. Um, Ephesians 3, 4 through 17 says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to his riches and glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Because I believe what scripture says, because I believe what God has set forth for us in our lives, I bow my knee to the Father. I commit to Him. I serve Him. I follow Him because He is the one that is worthy of me following Him. That is the only thing that will stand through the ages of eternity is God's Word. What He has said, He will do. As we look all through the Old Testament and how He, he made promises to the children of Israel, to other people, and He moved. He did those things which he said he would, and I believe he will do, continue that through our lives until eternity. And so I'm willing to bow my knee to the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, give my life to him because he is the only one worthy of that. He will grant you according to his riches and glory to be strengthened with the might of his spirit. That is a promise to you that he will do for you if you commit his life, commit your life to him. He will fill you with his spirit. He will fill you in the inner man of being who Christ wants you to be. Christ will dwell in your heart by faith and make you uh, rooted and grounded in that love for each other. <clears throat> And so we're willing to give our hearts and lives to, to Christ. 
Jesus said in verse uh, Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be opened. God promises us to fulfill our needs, to be able to, if we seek him, we will find what we want. You know, as we look at scripture and we look at faith, and we we want the truth, we definitely do, and so God says, it will be given to you if you seek, and I think that's the whole thing that people fail to do when churches, when people, our friends don't continue in a biblical way is they look at other things. They look at the opinions of other people. They don't come back to scripture. Matthew 7 here says, it will be given you if we really seek and we knock. It will be found. It will be open to us. And we will receive the things that God wants us to, to understand and know. He will make it real to us. We will know by his spirit that he is giving us those things. <coughs> Excuse me. If you want to turn to Joshua chapter 1, I want to look at a little bit of what he had to say there. <coughs> This was after the death of Moses. Excuse me. <clears throat> after the death of Moses, and the Lord came to Joshua, saying, Moses, the servant, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all thy people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that had I given to you, as he said, as I said unto Moses. As we go on to verse 6, then, and I would like for us to think of this as God talking to us. <coughs> Excuse me. This is God's words, I believe, to us as well as it was directly to Joshua. But he says, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whether, whether thou goest. And the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For that then thou shalt Make thy way prosperous, 
and thou shalt have good success. And again then he says in verse 9, Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither dismayed, for the Lord God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. I believe we can take that as a promise to us <coughs> to be strong and of good courage. We have a world that we're living in that would tell us all kinds of things that aren't true. Um, and God gives us his word to look at, to meditate on. And he talks about um, Joshua here, not turning to the right or the left, meditating in his word day and night. It's a constant thing that we need to do in our lives is to meditate on the word of God. That's where we get our courage. That is where we learn how to be strong in God in Christ. He will uh, be there with us to guide us. He will give us an inheritance. We have heaven to look forward to um, if we turn not from the right or the left. He also says we will prosper whether to ever go us. And that may not be in a monetary way, but I believe spiritually we can grow. We can become strong. We can be very courageous in our faith, share it with others, which is a way of growing our faith too, is simply talking to other people about our faith. A communication back and forth, and especially to those that don't know Christ, they bring questions that make you think. And you need to dig in the word to find out what you really believe in maybe some areas of life. And so God told Joshua and he tells us to be strong and of a courageous mind. Look at the word of God. Don't turn from the right to the left, but do what the word says. Meditate therein according to all that is written there. God has our best in mind and he wants us to be strong. He wants us to be prosperous in our spiritual life. Um, it may not be a monetary thing, but we can be prosperous in our spiritual lives that we have a life that speaks to other people. They will be able to see Christ in us. God will go uh, with us wherever we go. As he did with Abraham, which Abraham taught us many things. If we look at a lot of Abraham's life, we would see that uh, God was with Abraham. He prospered him. He lived a good life. And he was able to do God's commandments. And, and it really was... a gift that God gave Abraham to bless him in so many ways. And as we look at the life of Abraham, we see that God did all that he said he would, and he will do all that he has promised us. All the promises in Scripture he will fulfill. And someday we can sit in heavenly places together, just as we did in Sunday school class, and even better, much better.
So God bless you as you continue to grow in your faith. Make that foundation strong. Make it something that will last through eternity with Christ. God bless you. Let's have a song.